Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Amen. I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you happy to be back in the house of the Lord? Amen. Now, God bless you. As we turn to the book of John 14, I would like to speak this morning on I shall write this trail once more. Amen. I shall write this trail once more. Amen. John 14, verse 12, it reads in this manner, if you can read with me as well. Amen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than this shall be shall he do. Because I go unto my Father. John 14, verse 20. John 14, verse 20. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father. And he in me, and I in you. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, and today, and forever. Shall we bow our heads and pray? Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for your grace and mercy. And we appreciate you, dear God, for your favor upon our lives. Undeservedly so, dear God. But you loved us when we were unlovable. You saved us even when we did not want to be saved. Some of us, you had to pull us into your kingdom and drag away from the kingdom of darkness. And for that, we want to thank you, dear God. I believe the believers this morning, many of them have thanksgiving, various thanksgiving for various things. It is difficult to go even a day without having thanksgiving. And sometimes the devil would want to show us the things that we desired to achieve and that we couldn't achieve. And he says on that basis, we have no reason to be thankful for. But this morning I say we have so much to be thankful for. And dear God, here is Brother Chetty and Sister Chetty for 29 years. This morning they are celebrating their anniversary. I can imagine how the journey must have been. But for them to be able 29 years later to stand here, it is by grace. And we as a church, we pronounce blessings upon them. Whatever their hearts and desires may be, may you grant it, dear God. And Lord, not only for them, but for everyone in the building, all marriages that are here, I can imagine how Satan hates marriage, how Satan hates a family, because he knows that the family is the fabric of the society. And dear God, with weak families, we'll have weak churches. And with weak churches, we'll have weak communities. And with weak communities, we'll have a weak nation. But thank God that there is a message of the hour that is here to strengthen the family. And through the family, we'll have stronger churches. And through stronger churches, we'll have stronger communities. And through stronger communities, we'll have stronger nations. We are not ashamed to say this message is an answer in the end time. 
There is nothing, nothing that can save humanity today except the message of the hour. We raise our hands with gratitude this morning to be message believers. Satan would want to take this grand privilege to be a message believer and turn it into something else. But this morning we say we love being called message believers. And we are proud to be message believers. And we are happy to be associated with the message of the hour. And dear God, it helps, it gives us such, such a, a gratitude to be able to live this message. As I committed the reading of the way to you, undertake for us, dear God. If there is a sick person in the building, we separate them from their sickness. If there is someone that has got a problem, we say it may be resolved. Whatever they need may be done at this juncture as we are going to focus wholeheartedly on the word of God this morning. We take every spirit under our control for your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seat for a couple of minutes or so. Amen. God bless you and all our visitors as you have been welcomed. Amen. We appreciate the Lord this morning. Amen. As I said, I just want to speak on, I shall write this trail once more. Amen. A trail, I think you know what a trail is. A trail is just like a, a small passage in the wilderness or in the woods. And sometimes you walk on the trail, if those that have done hiking, hiking is more about uh, finding a trail to the mountain top. Amen. And then apart from that, uh, there's a time where you can ride the trail on a horse in the wilderness. How, how many have been in the bush in the building? Amen. Uh, most of you have not been in the bush. God bless you. Amen. Now, I think the likes of Brother Chetty, who are hunters, they know how important a trail is in the wilderness. It's just a, a, an unusual path in the woods. Amen. So Brother Branham comes in and he says, I shall ride this trail once more. And we're just going to unpack what he meant by that statement. Now, in John 14, verse 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than this shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, we want to thank God for the prophet, because the prophet made sense to the scriptures. The prophet made sense to the scriptures. And the prophet comes and says, it will not be greater works, it will be more works. Because you can't do greater than what he has done, but you can do more of what he has done. Are you with me? Because the moment you do something greater, it will give an impression that you are greater than him. But it is not about that. God bless you, Brother Wesley. Amen. Are you with me? Now, then it says, we read at that day, he shall know that I'm in the Father, and he in me, and I in you. 
Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now we want to look into, I shall write this trail one more time. Now in the message, what does thou hear just to build a foundation? There are people that whenever they hear a statement that I shall write this trail once more, they assume that Brother Brendan is going to come back from the dead and preach the message. I, I beg to differ. Brother Brenham's ministry on earth is done. Brother Brenham's ministry on earth is done. There will never be William Brenham that will come and preach to the church anymore. Are you with me? I hope we are together here. Those are such some, some of the fanaticism that just arose after the departure of the prophet. Now, another thing that we want to put, the moment you expect William Branham to come from, this, uh, from the grave and preach the message, that means you never understood what the message was all about. Yes. I think you think the message is about William Branham. And when you think the message is about William Branham, you don't understand the message. The message was not about William Branham. William Brenham introduced the message that was about Jesus Christ. Uh, are you with me, brethren? If you worship the prophet, you're going to go to hell. If you worship the prophet, you're going to go to hell. There's only one person that must be worshipped is the Lord Jesus Christ. William Brenham refused to be worshipped. Hallelujah. He even quit the ministry for six months and said, you are turning me into an antichrist. The moment people worship you and accept that, they turn you into antichrist. There's only one God and God alone and is a jealousy God. Are we with me this morning? Now, in the message, what does thou hear? Paragraph 7-0. He says, no matter how much we cry out and think this, that, or the other, Nothing can take us until God is finished with us. Um, he says, I'm so glad to know that. I don't know how many are glad in the building to know that. No matter what you think, you will never be taken of the sin until God is finished with you. This morning, the reason you are breathing is because God still has a plan about you. And as long as that plan has not reached the completion, there is nothing that will take you. You can be involved in an accident where the car gets quashed, but you're going to come out. And people are going to wonder, did anyone come out of here? What happened is because God's purpose about your life has not yet been finished. And sometimes you'll go to sleep with no sickness, with no medical condition, and you don't wake up, you'll die in your sleep. What happened is because God's purpose about your life has been completed. Folks, we are not in charge of our lives. God is in charge of our lives. God has predetermined the beginning and God has predetermined the end. And there is no one in between that will ever, even against that, can never take you until your God's purpose with your life has been fulfilled. You can survive even a gun shot at a close range. As long as God still has a purpose about you. So there are people that were buried in the belly of the earth after the earthquake. And only to be discovered two weeks down the line. 
Wow, with no oxygen, I mean the difficulty of breathing. But a person gets discovered after two weeks in the in the rabbi in the in the rambles. Are, are you with me? What is happening right there? God was still saying, no matter what, even if you can't breathe, I still have a purpose. Somewhat, you've got to make it out of this situation. I thank God that my life is not in the hands of demons. I thank God that my life is not in the hands of the devil. I thank God that my life is not in the hands of the wishes. It's in the hands of the almighty God. Are you still with me? You live because God wants you to live. Are you still with me? Now, he carries on in the message. The reason I brought this quotation was to show you that God would have never taken William Branham off the scene until his, God's purpose about his life has been fulfilled. When he got involved in that accident on the December of 1965, it's because God was done with William Branham. Now, I've heard that some, somebody was telling me, or I, I saw a clip as well, where there was a television channel that went to the grave of Brother Brenham and said, there are people that expect him to rise from the dead and preach to them. They worship a dead man. Uh, you know, sometimes when you, see the, the, when you see the news on television, you need to understand the source of the news. That's what, uh, the, because you'll end up believing fake news. Are you still with me? Now, we know the source, there are, there are people that have failed to leave the message. And that television station that was invited to the grave of Brother Branham was invited by a son of a minister who later became a homosexual and was excommunicated from the church and went to the media and said, they are worshipping a dead man. Uh, now, it doesn't mean that if it's on television is the truth. Uh, are you still with me? Uh, you know, there are people that think if you see it in the newspaper, it is the truth. No, sir. It is written by a man with preconceived ideas. So I'm giving you a perspective on that. It's an individual, a young man, that was excommunicated because of homosexual tendencies. And instead of repenting, he is attacking the message of the hour. You, you know, the backsliders of the yesterday, they, I love them better than the backsliders of today. The backsliders of the yesterday, they will sit at home and say, God, be merciful. But the backsliders of today, they jump onto social media and create YouTube channels and say they are wrong. No matter what you say, we will never be wrong because you say we are wrong. We've got the weight standard. Are you still with me? Now, I wanted to give you a perspective of that. Now, in the message, the church of the living God, paragraph 84, he says, he is in prayer here. He says, Master, it seems that my life is dwindling away from me. I don't know how much longer you will let me be here on this earth. But I pray for many years, if you can, use me. But when thou art finished with me, may I come to you. Do you hear? But I know that I shall be able to stay until I have completed the work that you have foreordained that should be done. 
Do you agree that he could have never been taken until the work that he was foreordained to do was completed? Are you with me? I hope we are together this morning. Now, in the message on the wings of Snow White Dove, paragraph 225, he speaks something there, and we're going to come back to that statement. He says, why me, an old man, suffered, I mean, this message, if you go and read it, it was based on the activities that took place when he was in South Africa, when he listened to a bunch of ministers in going to Durban, in going to Bloemfontein, instead of going to Durban. And for that time, ever since 1951, 52, every now and then he would suffer because of what happened when he disobeyed God. Now, Gwen Reed is a very beautiful message, and there is a song where, on the wings of a snow white dove, where he came and put uh, the extra verse, or extra verse of it comes from Brother Brenham. The original does not come from Brother Brenham, but he added the last one. Brother, bring on the wings of a snow white dove so that we show them what we are speaking about. These are our songs. Amen. I, I want you to bring that so that... Amen. It says Noah had drifted... On the flats, in many days, he searched for a land. In various ways, troubles he had some, but not from above. God gave him his sign on the wings of a dove. Let's jump this. Jesus, our Savior, came to earth one day. He was born in a stable, in a manger of hay. Though he rejected but not from above. God gave us his sign on the wings of a dove. Carry on, jump it. Then this was the stanza that was included by Brother Branham. Though I have suffered in many a way, I cried for healing both night and day. Faith wasn't forgotten by the Father above. He gave me his sign on the wings of a dove. Amen. Hope it will encourage somebody. It's a beautiful song. Let's come to our text, our message. Then it says, Why me, an old man, suffered all my life? Why did he heal me now? I believe I'll write this trail again. I got to bring a message. Now, people take that statement and say, he's got to rise from the dead in order to come and finish the ministry. We're back to differ. Now, let's come to this one. I'm going to paraphrase a dream that a brother had. I hope things are visible there. This is in reference of the message, and know with it not, Paragraph 257 to 265, he speaks, a brother comes to him and said, Brother Brenham, I don't know whether I was sleeping or dreaming. 
he wasn't quite sure whether was it a dream or a vision. But he says, I was busy with my son. And as we're busy, we're trying to separate the bad ables, ables from the good ables. Because it looked like somebody does, it was around about 10 ables. Somebody just took one bite on each ables. So we're trying to separate them. Then it says right there, then I saw you on a white horse. And it says you were dressed like an Indian chief. And it says the horse looked like a military horse. And it says you screamed at the top of your voice, I shall ride this trail once more. And it says the whole earth shook. And then it said you began to move towards the west. As you were moving towards the west, then you came across a group of scientists. And it says it looked like they were busy mixing up things in the tubes. And right there you screamed again and said, I will ride this trail once more. And it said they looked at you, they shrugged their shoulders, and then they carried on with their scientific research. Then, uh, are, you, are you with me, brethren? Go and check it in the message and know if it not from paragraph 257 until 265. But there are some key elements of that dream that I want to bring to you. It was on a white horse. A white horse, it refers to power. Are you with me? A white horse refers to power. But remember... The white horse rider, who is Antichrist, was on a white horse. And Brother Branham, initially, when he did not have revelation, he thought it was the Holy Ghost. In the midst of the, tens, the ten visions, and 144,000. But later, when it was revealed by the angel that it was not the Holy Ghost, it's actually Antichrist disguising himself as the Holy Ghost. Are you with me, church? Now, again, in Revelation chapter 19, you find that there is a white horse rider whose name, whose name was written on him, which is the, the word of God, and he was coming down with a mighty army going into what they call the battle of Armageddon. When read Revelation chapter 10, 19, when it speaks about the white horse rider, you and I, we are coming with him in Revelation chapter 19. The church goes up in Revelation chapter 4, and the church comes down in Revelation chapter 19. A white horse refers to power. Amen. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Now, Brother Brenham was dressed like an Indian chief. A white horse looked like a military horse. And as he was moving, he found a group of scientists that were busy with a research. And I believe every time you see the group of scientists mixing up stuff and trying to find, maybe they are in the laboratory. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe they're trying to find, whenever you see a group of scientists doing something like that, they want to find a solution to something. Am I correct? Amen. But right there, he screamed and said, I shall ride this trail once more. But they were so preoccupied, captivated by what they were doing. They shrugged their shoulders and he carried on. Are you still with me? Now, as he was there in that dream, while he was on this white horse, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, 
came a man. This is a man dreaming. Tell him, Brother Brandon, his dream. Don't sleep on me. Don't dream on me. <laughs> Amen. Now, as, as he, uh, in that dream, then there is a man that is coming. Again, this man is on a horse. But his horse has got mixed colors. And he said it was a mixture of black and white. When you mix black and white, it produces a color that they call neutral gray. Are you still with me? It's a, confu- it's a color of confusion. Now, this gray, when they say something is in the gray area, that means it's not in the definite. They say it's a gray, it's a gray matter. It means it has not been concluded. Anybody can look at it and conclude whatever they want to. So it means it's a color that you could not come to a conclusion whether it was white or black because it was the mixture of the two. Are you still with me? But now, in this dream, while this man is on that horse of mixed colors, then his horse wanted to knock off Brother Brenham's horse. Kept on wanting to knock it off, wanting to knock it off. But in the dream, the man says, but a white horse remained walking right in the line. Folks, are you still with me? Uh, We are not speaking about Amahash or horses here. We are speaking about power. There is a a pure power that is moving at a certain direction. It sees a group of scientists that are busy with the research, but it carries on. Then it sees another power that is of a mixed color, and this other horse wants to, this other power wants to knock off this power. But uh, brethren, it moved forward. This gospel will swallow other gospels. Are, are you still with me? Then again, he said, for the third time, you screamed again, I will write this trail once more. And the earth is shook. Now, you get a sense in the dream, they wanted to stop this horse. Let me stop here so that I hope you'll go home and refer specifically to this because my message is centered on this. Now, let's, let's come to this quotation and try to tie it up with this dream. The prophet in the message, the anointed once at the end time, paragraph 264, he says, first the world is in a Sodom condition. Do you agree? Now, the first group that was seen in the dream was a group of scientists that were in the laboratory mixing their tubes. And the prophet said, I shall write this trail once more time. They shrugged their shoulders and they carried on with their scientific research. Are you still with me? Uh, It it takes a very good scientist to believe that there is God. Most don't believe that there is God. They believe that there is a big bang. Now, the world is in a Sodom condition. And Jesus said it would happen. Look at the perversion. Our women trying to act like men. And our men trying to act like women. Sissy fight. Even their voice. Amen. They can't even scan animal at night. Amen. Brother Brenham says God gave a woman a feminine voice for a reason. 
And he gave a man a husky voice for a reason. Amen. When there is a knock at 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, you don't expect a voice to say, who's there? You expect who's there. Are you with me? So that the threat on the other side must know that there is somebody that can meet it on equal basis. Uh, amen. Uh, and this spirit of femininity has invaded churches. Are you with me? Yeah, let me not go there. I think if the rapture tears, you wonder you will have a skinny jean pastor. With the trouser that does not reach the shoe, there's a gap in between there. And it's tight. Amen. But God help us not to embrace such. Look at the perversion. Our women trying to act like men and our men trying to act like women, sissified. Rotten, filthy, low down, devil possessed, and don't know it. The Bible said that it would happen. That's where it's at. It's a zone of unbelievers. Now in the dream, after he went past this group of scientists, then there is a horse that is coming. He's on a horse, there is another horse coming. He's on a white horse, but this other horse is of a mixed culture, uh, mixed color. Secondly, it's in that hour, according to the scripture here, that Janis and Jambres appear. Secondly, what is happening is now a zone of make believers. This was not a white horse, but it looked like a white horse. There will be something that looks like the message but it will not be the message. It will sound like the message, but it will not be the message. That's why you need spiritual discernment. Folks, your standard should not be a brother or a sister. Your standard should not be a church. Your standard should be the weight. I say your standard has got to be the weight. Men and women reconsider matters, but God does not change his mind about his weight. I hope we are together. Then thirdly, it's in that same hour that the Son of Man is to be revealed. So you've got three groups. You've got a group that is in Sodom. Then you've got a group that are make-believers. Then you've got genuine believers who are... Uh, centered around the revelation of the Son of Man. The Son of Man is Christ being revealed by a Son of Man, Malachi 4. Are you still with me? But I'm still on the message. I shall write this trail one more time. Now, in the message, or maybe there is a vision, Africa vision. It, uh, it became a very controversial vision. And some people said, maybe he needs to rise from the dead and fulfill this vision. 
And some said, maybe the message is not the truth because this vision was not fulfilled. But we want to answer what that vision is within the context of the scriptures. Now, in the message, do you now believe, paragraph 27, he says, here is what will take place. The angel of the Lord which came to me, which came to me, and told me to return to Africa. And he set me down in Africa and showed me a greater meeting than was there at the time. When Brother Branham was here in Durban, I think there were 45,000 people that were in that meeting at the racetrack. But now here is an angel showing Brother Branham another vision that you will return back to Africa and you will have greater meeting than it was the first time. Are you still with me? Let's carry on. In the message, it is the rising of the sun. This is now in 1965. He was here in South Africa in 1951. In 1951, he was here in October November and December 1951. He preached in 11,000, in 11 cities. 11 cities, you include Pretoria, Captain Park, Joburg, Bluefontein, East London, Deben, and so forth. Are you still with me? He preached in 11 cities over a period of three months, but the culmination of the meetings was in Deben, where it was, it was a meeting that even the mayor of Deben concluded that in the history of this country, we have never seen such a big gathering. It was in Deben here in South Africa at the racetrack. Right there, the South African police force was struggling to keep the, to control the crowds because it was such a big number. Now, when he was there in Durban, even the Red Cross was helping in bringing, I think it was St. John Ambulance, was helping in bringing ambulances, were bringing the sick to the racetrack. Are you with me? Hospitals were now emptying out the patients and say, let's go down to the racetrack. Uh, do, you, do you understand today? The gravity of that. Yes. I mean, I, I read about two people that had such a severe fall where they broke their back and they were in pain and they were brought to those meetings and instantly they were healed. Yes. Folks, I, I don't say it was a problem. Instantly. You know, when we say a person broke their back and they are on the stretcher, if they dare try to walk out, Maybe they push themselves, they can damage the nerve that can make them to die in no time. So it was an instant miracle. I'm talking about here in Durban, South Africa. Until the mayor of the city, Sidney Smith, said, Brother Brenham, we have never seen anything like this. Says one prayer, just one prayer, let so many, 30,000 people instantly got healed by one prayer. He says the weather conditions were so brutal 
that in the morning it was the scorching sun. Hallelujah. And then towards the evening, in the afternoon, towards the evening, it was now hurricane winds. And later in the evening it was rain. But men and women stood in the rain to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ being pronounced on our land. The natives came together with the Europeans, with the Indians. For the first time in the history of this country, people met together under one umbrella to worship God. For example, I'm painting a It could not have been done in Johannesburg. It could not have been done in Pretoria. But God said you need to go to Durban. Because in Durban, everyone is welcome. The rich will be there. The poor will be there. The Europeans will be there. The natives will be there. And Brother Brenham says when in those meetings, he says as they began to sing, uh, only believe. He said those 30,000 voices blended so perfectly. And he said they were hitting octave high until Brother Bosworth, who's a musician, turned around and looked at Brother Brenham and said, in the history of, in my history of music, I have never seen such beautiful voices blending together like this and they are untrained. What was it? The Holy Ghost. Folks, listen to this. He says, as the message was going forth, it was just a simple message of divine healing. But he says, as that, as the Holy Ghost swept over the crowd, he says, women, you know how traditional Zulus will dress. And the Nazis, how they will dress, breast exposed. But he says, as the Holy Ghost begins to sweep over, he says, Without a word from anyone, they began to cover. Folks, hear me. They began to cover themselves. The natives, I say, not baptized, but the effect of the Holy Ghost upon them made them to cover themselves. And say, when they returned in the evening, they were dressed modestly. Now, I wonder, brethren, today, people can see it in a message church with a cleavage exposed. From Jan until December, I minister preaching, but cleavage exposed. You know, I was listening to a, a group of attorneys where they were speaking about their embarrassing moments in the court of law. And they say, this other one said, you know, what amazed me is that I appeared before a judge. And as I appeared before a judge, and I was representing a client, and he said the judge called me in the chambers, that means in the back. And he says when she got there, the judge wrote and said, you've got to respect the courtroom. Your cleavage is way too exposed. Are you telling me? When you see those judges, when the lawyers appear in the court, it's not like a fashion parade. There is a way that they must dress. And actually, the judge said, I was allowed to rebuke you in the court, but I felt for you. That's why I'm writing to you privately. If people can respect the courtroom, if people can respect the mosque, 
if people can respect other areas, how much more about the church of the living God? But, but, but you see, the problem with the church, the church is beginning to lose its teeth. Because the sensitivity levels are so high. I can't do it. What will the people say? I can't correct it. What will the people say? Oh, brother, we've got to, to correct it. We've got to shape it in the right way if we are the church of the living God. We are not a democratic organization. We are the church of the living God, subject to the word of the living God. Come on, church. Are you here? This is not a political party where everything goes. No, say there are standards here. Democracy works outside, but not in the church of the living God. When we come there, we lose our democratic rights. I say we lose our democratic right. You don't say it's my right to dress this way. It's not your right. What does the word say about it? Live your own right and embrace the word of God. Are you here, church? The church has got to be clean. Can I have an amen on that? I said the church has got to be clean. Cleavages must be covered. It's not a fashion parade yet. You, all the sisters, you remember, during that time, if you dressed something and it was a V, a V shape, you had to put something underneath. Uh, today is never the case. Ah. Today, what we see. Hallelujah. Come on, church. We've got to return back. I told you about, I told you about the other time, being a nominal church, being a full gospel church. I said, we've got to be a sublime church. Folks, we've got to be a sublime church. I, I don't care whether everybody does it. I don't care everybody allows it. I will not allow it. Are you still with me? If we worship being for and being genuine, so be it. We'll be right with God. And God will honor us than to be a bigger number without God. Uh, We're not looking for majority. We're looking for quality here. I hope we are together here. Are you here, sisters? The way to modesty is simply say, not to, to attract unnecessary attention. Even brothers have got to be modest. Sometimes we preach modest on sisters and forget brothers. There's got to be modesty. The moment you walk and everybody says, shoo, what's going on you are when something is wrong here? Where is everybody looking at me? Amen. I don't say orange suit is wrong, but imagine if I come, everything is, I'm dripped in orange. The whole service will be disturbed by the color. Do you know that American presidents only wear only three colors? Black, gray, navy blue. Every time, I'm not saying, I'm not disqualifying I'm wearing a, a very unique suit. I love it. Now, if he shows up in what Obama became, it was scandalous. He showed in what we call a tan suit. And they say it was unprecedented. Are, are you with me? And that's why we expect brothers when they go to church, put on a tie. 
Brothers are refusing in this church. I don't know why. You can't wear a T-shirt, folks, to church. I know you are wearing it now, some of you. I'm not attacking you. But next time, wear a shirt. And if it allows, put on a tie. Look like a gentleman. Carry a Bible. Mean business. And approach God with a certain degree of respect. Are you with me? Can I get an amen? It was said with love, no attack. Amen. Now, then it says, let's come to this one. In the message, it is the rising of the sun. Paragraph 350. This vision, you can go and find it. I think it speaks of it in the message at Gadish Baniya. And I think in that book he mentions the number. And says in that meeting there were about 300,000 people in attendance. The meetings that were being promised that will be greater than the Deben meetings. Listen to this one now. Now, from 1951 he never returned. Then he wanted to return in 1965. But when he applied for a visa, a visa was restricted that he could only come back maybe as a hunter, not as a minister. And the, what was influencing the restriction was from a bunch of ministers that said, no, we don't want William Brennan back here. We are fine. Then he came back again as a hunter. Now in the message, it is the rising of the sun, paragraph 350. It says, you all know where I'm going. Don't you know Africa? I've called for a long, this was on the 18th of April, 1965. It was exactly almost eight months before his death. You all know that where I'm going, don't you? Africa. I've called for a long time. For years I've tried to get back. Now a vision. The Spirit of the Lord has prepared the way. They said, when those poor natives heard it that I didn't come the last time when I was there, they laid on the ground night, on the ground day and night. And moaned and cried. Moaned, it means they were harming. And cried, saying, Lord, what have we done? Those that are familiar with music will remember the song that was popular in the 50s that the natives would break into whenever they were disappointed by national events. It used to be sins in Ina. And saying, Lord, what have we done? Thousands of them. Those people don't even believe they've got a soul. And see, and they cried, and they moaned, and they cried. What they were crying for? They were crying for the return of Brother Brenham to the continent. The, folks, these were our mothers. These were our fathers in the 50s crying for the return of the prophet. Hallelujah. 
And sometimes I say, we must have been in their loins. I say sometimes we might have been in their loins. Now, in the message, ashamed of him. He says, this is wonderful. He speaks, now, this was now in November. Not November, it was in July, the 11th of July, 1965. I think this was where this sermon was recorded by Brother Veli Retief when Brother Brenham was here for the second time. It was somewhere at the airport. Then it says, this is one of the highest moments of my life. I've waited 15 years for this time. My heart has longed to see you again ever since I left you. I've prayed very much to get to, get to come back and a few weeks ago, I was under great anticipation, believing that I would get to come and have a meeting. But when I got the visa, restricted, I almost had a heart attack. I wanted to come so bad, but I still believe that through God, I will minister again in the name of the Lord Jesus among the people of Africa. God has promised to give us the, us the desire of our hearts. That's one of the desires of my heart. Amen. Folks, do you hear? I, believe, I still believe that through God, I will minister again in the name of the Lord Jesus among the people of Africa. This was on the 11th of July, 1965. Then in December, 1965, he died. He never returned back. He was gone. His desire was not fulfilled from a human perspective. Are you still with me? Yes. But the vision says when you return back, there will be greater miracles than the first time when you went. In the book of Psalm, as we park the thought, in the book of Psalm 22 verse 16, it is many, many years before the birth of Jesus, almost 2,000 years before his birth, David writes in, his, in one of his psalms, For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. This is David speaking. Then David died. Hallelujah. At no point in time was there ever a record of David's hands and feet being pierced. But he says, they have pierced my hands and my feet. Now, if you use the formula to say the vision of Africa was not fulfilled, therefore the message is not the truth. Let me take it further. You can use this one to disqualify the Bible because David said they pierced my hands and my feet, but his hands and feet were never pierced. But now it needs the students of the scriptures. Now it needs a prophetic class. It needs the people that have got a revelation. 
Now to move beyond just reading and comparing weight and weight and scripture to scripture, but connecting to the inspiration behind it, then we know it was not David speaking. It was the Lord Jesus Christ speaking through the mouth of David. Although it was not fulfilled through David, but it was fulfilled through Christ on Calvary. I will return back to Africa. I will minister among African people again. It was never fulfilled through the mouth of William Brenham. But I'm here as a minister of the gospel. That God, the scriptures can never be broken. I'm here as a minister of the gospel to say the message is not a liar. And I'm here to announce he that spoke through William Brenham has returned back to the continent of Africa. Oh, folks, it was not a Kentuckian man speaking. It was Elohim speaking through the Kentuckian man. And where are the African people? Here are the African people. Isn't the message being ministered again one more time, folks? Is the message not being ministered one more time? Oh, brother, there is something going on. And I'm going to show you what is going on. Does it make sense, folks? Oh, now listen to this. Question and answers, paragraph 391. He says, but let me say this, that there will come a message, and there will come a messenger. I believe when we know he was that messenger. I believe that if it's to be a man, it will be somebody after me. This year he was throwing the devil off the balance but sadly, he even throws some ministers in the message of balance. They are battling to find themselves in that statement. And they are not in that statement. But this message that I'm preaching is the true message of this day. And it is the last message. Folks, he says somebody is coming, but he tells you this is the last message. He couldn't say, I'm the last messenger. You have to read between the lines. You see what I'm doing, brethren? I am putting you all the same place I am. Because we are just as much into it as I am. You are messengers of this same message. Brethren, he says he's putting us where? Same place where he was. Same place where? Because we are messengers of of this same message. (laughs) Brother, let let me take you where you need to be. Same place with William Brenham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. William Brenham, if you can be sincere and get the people to believe you, nothing, I'm talking about the messenger folks, nothing will stand before you, even cancer. Now, this morning I'm addressing messengers on the same level. Oh, brother, sister, you are intruded. 
I'm addressing messengers on the same level as William Brennan. And I say, if you can be sincere and believe this message and surrender to this message, nothing, nothing can stand before you. Nothing. Nada. Nothing. You are thinking about obstacles. Hear me? Nothing. Cancer was a big issue during that time. But when William Brenham came, the cancer spirit ran for cover. And he was not praying such a big prayer. Oh brother, you will take a person and he, with a simple tone. In the name of Jesus Christ, you messenger of Satan, he normally uses that frame. Now you are a messenger. You messenger of Satan, I adjure you. The way that you adjure, it means I command you. It's a very familiar way to throw out the message later. I adjure, I don't request you. I adjure you. Hallelujah. A man speaking to Kenza. I adjure you to leave this body in the name of Jesus Christ. And the cancer spirit will crumble right by that prayer. I'm speaking about a man that will take a child that is blind and pray for him and say, what color of eyes do you need? And a child will say, oh, I need blue ones. They are very rare. Say, receive your blue eyes. And a child received the blue eyes. I'm speaking about a man that will go into the jungle where the prophet said that there shall be a blizzard. But he stands there and says, let it be sunny for four days. And the weather changes and it amazes the weather forecast the bureau. I'm speaking about a man that can say before the doctor touches my wife, let that cancer, let that, that tumor dissolve. To the size of an orange, it goes to dissolve. I'm speaking about a man that will look at a widow and say, I give you a children in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm speaking about a man where a brother comes to me and says, they stole my car. He said, let us send the Holy Ghost to find you a car. I'm speaking about a man, folks, that will say the angel of the Lord is in the building right now. And this morning, I say you are the messengers to the same level where he was. Uh, I'm, I'm not putting you, he's putting you there. Oh, brethren, that means you've got the same authority that William Brenham had. I say you've got the same authority that William Brenham had, but you are afraid to use your authority. But I say, Lord, we are no longer going to be afraid. We're going to embrace who we are. We're going to act our role in the scriptures. We're going to show the devil who we are. Our oh, brother, no demon in the building has got a right to debate with us. There is no spirit in the building that has got a right to be stubborn to us. We are on the same basis. That's why when I pray the prayer, I say, I take every spirit under my control. Oh, not under God's control, under my control. 
Will Umbrellum pray to that prayer? And say, I take every spirit under my control. And this morning, we as a church, we are taking every spirit, every spirit, every spirit, every spirit, every spirit. spirit. I don't care. Maybe there is a suicidal spirit in the building. I take that spirit under my control. Hallelujah. Maybe there is a spirit that there's a spirit that is bothering you. I take that spirit. Ah, uh, this says, are you here? When Corona came, when Corona came, we in this church, we said we want to take Corona under our control. Ah, you're not gonna say amen. You are, you are still scared. <laughs> we said we are taking it under our control. Then listen to this one. Message the Messiah. Paragraph 26. Now, that was for Messiah. For Messiah. Is it Messiah? Are we pronouncing correctly? That was for Messiah. For Messiah, the church, here it is. Are you ready? St. John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that Lord I do, shall he do also. Messiah, that's Messiah, the representation of Messiah on earth. (laughs) Look, I was saying, I'm preaching to the messengers. Now I'm moving further. I'm preaching to the Messiahites. Now you're moving at another level. (laughs) He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs shall follow the Messiahites. Brother, you are sitting next to the Messiahite. <laughs> Maybe greet the brother or the sister and say, Shalom, Messiahite. <laughs> Why? They are a representation of the Messiah. Oh, brother, if it is represented, the power of the Messiah must reside in the Messiahite. Whatever you could get from the Messiah, you can get it from the Messiahite today. Oh, church. Amen. The message of Beth Pains. Paragraph 173. Brother Brenham is referring to ministers. And here, maybe let me pause a bit. The fivefold ministry must point people to the tape. And the tape will point people back to the fivefold ministry. And the fivefold ministry must point it back. It's a cycle. You come here, I tell you what the, pre- the tape says. I say, go and refer. Do you hear? Then you go home, you listen to the tape. Then you come next week, the tape is bringing you back to church. Then I send you back again to go and listen to the... Are you still with me? At no point in time, 
as long as the rapture still carries, will we ever get to a point where we come to church and not listen to ministers ministering? The tape have got a role, ministers have got a role. I know there is, there is overzealousness about the tape ministry that what, what are ministers doing behind the pulpit? Let them move and let the tapes be the ones preaching to the people. The tape does not have an office for counseling sessions. The tape doesn't know. Where do you report a death case of a family member? You can't report it to a, to a tape. Uh, when you are in the hospital, sick, uh, dark, discouraged, sick, a tape will not walk into the hospital. It has to be a minister walking in and praying with you, encouraging you about your situation. Are you with me? You and the minister being helped by the tape. Are you still with me? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want to even engage in the fanaticism of the tape ministry that I see. I still believe the fivefold ministry have got something to give to the bride. Birth Pains, paragraph 173. He says, these men, referring to the fivefold, if they pick up this, if they pick up the tape, and goes out with it, this message, they can make more sense to it. See, to bring it to a place, you would. I just want to lay this seat, then hope they make it to come to life. Brother Brennan planted the seat, and we are here to make sure that that seat cometh to life. And we have been mandated by the prophet messenger that will take the tape and make sense of it. He's not here to speak to you about the vision, the Africa vision. I'm here to tell you. And other ministers wherever around the globe, they are there to minister to their own people to make sense of the tape. Does it make sense for you? Uh, 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 let me not go there. Now, let's come into this message trying to do God a service without being the will of God. Paragraph four zero. This message is another interesting message if you want to study about the will of God. He says, like the heat of the sun to open up, when it's tender and young, bring it out of the ground. The seed, then it gives its leaves. And in another stage of the sun, hot sun will kill it if it's the ripening seed or ripening time. So he regulates the sun and regulates the nature to meet his weight. He regulates the church, the predestinated to the bride, to meet the season that they are living in. I don't know whether you're together. He says when it is the rising of the sun, the way the sun will shine upon the seed, God will regulate the heat so that the heat does not kill the seed. Are you with me? But it says as the sun, as the seed progresses in ripening and moves towards the ripening time, 
The sun can shine as much as it can on the seat. Are you still with me? Now, what does it mean? There are certain things that would have never been done under Paul's ministry. Hallelujah. You see, for example, Paul goes into the third heaven, he comes back, he keeps quiet for 14 years. William Brenham goes into heaven, he doesn't keep quiet. He comes, he tells us that I saw you there. Are you with me? Now, then he comes, he says, during the Paul's ministry, it was a partial realization time, but now we are in the fullness of realization. He said Martin Luther was a great preacher, and after he was he stood against the Rome, immediately after he preached to the saints, he would go out and enjoy his pipe. And God accepted him with his pipe. But God will not accept you with your pipe because you are not living under partial realization, you are living under complete realization. Are you still with me? Now, if, if Paul could achieve what he achieved, and Martin Luther, and John Wesley, and the rest of the Pentecostal could achieve what they achieved during the partial realization, how much more during the complete realization? Now, it tells you that if the threshold of power was low, during this time, God has increased the threshold. That means the church has got more power than it was yesterday. Are you here, church? That means the church has got to pose a threat to Satan today more than yesterday. That means you, wherever you are, you are even in a more powerful situation than John. Than the rest of them because it was during a partial realization. Now in the message, what is the attraction on the mountain? Paragraph 27. He says, so I've got my mind set on this message. That, that third pull is the one I must be loyal and reverent to. He says, which one must he be loyal and reverent to? Are you here, church? Amen. The third pull. Are, are you with me? He said, I've got my mind set on this. Now, let me give you something that happened in the Bible. Jesus has got a multitude of people that came to the meetings. They are all over the place. There is the lame, there is the dumb, there is the deaf. People are there, lepers. They want to be prayed for. They want an attention with the master. But they don't get that attention. Then comes a man. And this man was called a master. He was the servant of a Pharisee called Simon. This man comes. He elbows himself through the crowd. Until he comes to where Peter was. He speaks to Peter and says, can I see your master? And Peter makes a way for him to see the master. He comes there. He speaks to Jesus that my master has sent me because he's got an invitation. There's going to be a ceremony where your master is being invited to by my master. Brother Brenham say, what a tragedy. This man, there are many people that are looking for his attention. But only him he gets attention. But instead of presenting his matter, 
He's still preoccupied by his master's business. Brother Brahma said, I wish I was the man. I would have said to the Lord Jesus, I'm a servant in the Pharisee's house. But I know you are the master of all masters. Remember me in your kingdom. As I go about my business, remember me. He says something would have been said over his life and it would have been eternal. But he was preoccupied with his business. Then later Jesus said, tell your master that I will come. And Jesus goes where the master is. He gets there and he says, according to that time, you had to be met by somebody by the door where they have to wash your feet because they wore long robes and our long robes will pick up the manure and they will sweat because they walked long distance and they will be smelly. So they've got to wash you, anoint you with oil. Hallelujah. But it says when Jesus got there, he was ignored. And it says the master went in and went and to sit at the corner. And it says he looked like a neglected flower. But it says, well, because it was a big ceremony, there were people that we call gate crushers that came to look on. And they were there, not invited. Right in their midst, there was a prostitute. And this prostitute identified that that one, he's the one that I've heard of. He's the one that has got my answer. And she began, she ran home, took the money, went, bought alabaster box, the most expensive perfume, and came back and made her way through the crowd until where Jesus was, and she knelt down with tears weeping. Her tears made the feet of Jesus wet. Her hair was long. She wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. She took the perfume and anointed the feet. She was a prostitute. And now they began to gossip and say, only if she knew that she was a prostitute. Then Jesus turned around and said, Simon, there was a man that owed, there were two men that owed a man a debt. And this one owed this much, and this one owed that much, and the one that owed more, when they were forgiven, who's the one that is going to be grateful? And Simon said, the one that owed more. He said, I've come to your house. But this woman has given me attention. She has washed my my feet. She has uh, wiped my feet. She has anointed my feet. And he turns around to say to the woman, you daughter of Abraham, you are forgiven. There's somewhere where I'm going with this, folks. How How many thousands did Jesus leave? That were looking for the bodily healing. But he went where he knew he was going to be rejected. Because there was somebody. She did not need the healing of the body. She did not need the healing of cancer. She had a cancer in the soul. She had a sickness in the soul. She was there troubled in the soul. And Jesus said, there is a greater miracle that must be performed than the miracle of making the deaf hear. There is a greater miracle.
because somebody has suffered too long. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. I will return back to Africa. Yes. And it will be a greater miracle. Yes. The first time it was cancer, it was TB, it was this and that, but he has returned. Yes. And what is being healed now is not just the body, but the healing of the soul. Come on, church. Come on, church. If you get healed of cancer, you will die at some point in time. And if you have not repented, you will go to hell. But brother, when the healing goes beyond the body, when the healing goes beyond the spirit, and it is the healing of the soul, and you get healed in the soul. Have you ever been troubled in the soul? You can't sleep at night. You are heavy burden. But what happens when he comes and touches your soul and you get it delivered and you know I've been healed. In the soul, I've been healed. You know what it means? You know what it means? No matter what happens, you'll never go to hell. I said no matter what happens, you'll never go to hell. Once he heals the soul, he heals the soul eternally. God will not save you and lose you tomorrow. He saves you and saves you eternally. I see, I see greater miracles today than what happened in Durban. I see young men rising. Hallelujah. In this dark, evil, vile age, young men are rising. And they are living above the influence of Jezebel. Oh, check. Presidents cannot do it. Men are falling by the wayside. Presidents are falling by the wayside. But here are men, young men. They go to school with them, but they live above the influence. They go to work with them, they live above the influence. Tell me, in whose power do they do that? Oh, Satan. Church, are you here? Sisters, are you here? There are many women that desire a husband. Don't tell me that you don't know that. But what preserves him? I say, what pre- it's not you, it's not your figure. It's not your beauty. There are more women that are beautiful than you are. There are women with better physique than you are. What preserved your husband? It's because in the end time, the message of the hour return back to the continent and your husband raised his hands and said, I accept this message. I surrender myself to this message. Oh, come on, church. Are you here? Ah, oh, brother, you think your wife is loyal to you because of your money? Oh, there are many men that have got more money. What you look into the bank and think is money is nothing. It's a change to some men. But you are wise. Some of them propose it, and he, he, she looks at them, she just sees a demon. A rich demon. What makes her to look like that? There's been an elevation. By the message of the hour. Oh. Oh, church, are you here? Are you here, church? We're going to raise young men in this church. There will be an upright man. They will live according to the gospel. Ah, if you don't believe it, I believe it. We will raise young men in this church. 
They will come to the altar without having touched a woman. I'm preaching to young men here. I said there will be young men that we will groom. And they will come to the altar. And they will kiss the woman. And it will be the first time they do it. I know you say it's impossible. I tell you things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Come on church. The message will produce more. I say the message will produce more. But you know why the message is not producing more? You are trying to help God. By lowering the standards. By compromising. Are you here church? Hope we are together. Amen. Amen. Then the prophets, you know, now the, the sun is not here. In the absence of the sun, the moon takes the preeminence. The moon has got no light of its own. The moon reflects the light of the sun. Are you with me? Have you ever seen moonlight? Especially when the first time where I really enjoyed the lights of the stars and the light of the moon. I think it was when Brother Maharetsi and Brother Mpayana went with me to a place called Nguavuma. And it is on the mountain, on the border of Switzerland and KZN. There's no electricity there. It's pitch black. And right there, they actually say, if you really look nicely, you can even see the Milky Way, the way the sky is so clean. It is in that darkness where you appreciate the starlight, the moonlight. Are you with me? Now, the moon has got no light of its own. It's just reflecting the light of the sun. The moon is so important. If you have ever been to the sea, you see those tidal waves. They come and they come in no way. They subside back into the sea. What, what regulates that? Science says it's because of the moon. And says so the day the moon could be moved, the waters of the oceans will cover the earth. So the moon is standing there to protect the earth. Now, figuratively speaking, there are things that would have happened in Weedbank. There are, ca- there are catastrophes that would have struck this area. But why not? It's because the bride is still here. Some of you brothers, you know very well. You worked for a company. It was doing great. As soon as you left, the company crumbled. But as long as you were there, it was fine. But after you were gone, they even phoned you and said, since you left, what happened? You were, you were keeping a balance of forces. Are you still with me? Because you are the moon. You are reflecting the light of the sun. Are you still with me? But the day you move out of your position, it will cover the whole thing. Now, question and answers, paragraph 54. 
He says, and remember, the moon cannot give any light of her own. And when you see the moonlight, it's not the moonlight. It's the reflection of the sunlight. Christ ascended up, is that right? And shines his light on the church to reflect his light and power to the world in his absence. See what, we, what I mean? So it means that in the absence of the sun, the moon provides the light. In the absence of the sun, the moon is the one that is keeping a balance. In the absence of Christ, you as the church, you are the one that is reflecting his light back into the world. In the absence, folks, in the absence of Christ, you need to provide solutions. The same ones that Jesus would provide. Are you still with me? Because why? Greater works, which means more works shall you do. If you believe on me, greater works shall you do. Now, John, is it Peter and John? They went by the gate, beautiful. They find a man that has been there for a number of years. I think it was 29 years. This man has been there asking them the alms, surviving on donations. And the day they came there, they saw the man and was looking for alms. But Peter and John knew what to give the man. They didn't say we need to consult with Jesus. They knew that they were the messiahs. They knew that they were now the messengers. They knew that they could do what Jesus could do. They said to him, silver and gold do we have now. But such as we have, we give it to you. Oh, folks, not heaven. We give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. A man that had been there for 29 years, he stood up and walked. And today, you are supposed to be like John and Peter. You see somebody sick? Hallelujah. You must remember you are a Messiah. You must remember you are a messenger. You must remember you've got the same power that Jesus had. Oh, folks, we've got to act like him. We've got to speak like him. But it needs us to live like him. Now, in the message, the spoken word is the original seed. Paragraph 254. I'm going to wrap up. He says, This was in 1962, on the 18th of March. Date is very critical. Christ is now taking himself a bride to be pregnant with his own seed weight in her womb, spirit womb, in her mind, and won't mix with any of the denominational trash with it. She is a virgin to him. This is in 1962, on the 18th of March. On the 18th of March, 1962, towards the opening of the seals, he comes in the message, the same spoken word, or is the same spoken word he carries on. He says, here is a secret. The word is in the bride and the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the weight. Then you go into 1965, in Christ is the mystery of God revealed, I think it's 1963, after he preached to the seals. He comes, he says, now, 
this bride will not be like Eve. She will not spoil her skirts of purity. He says she is now pregnated by the weight. Are, are you still with me? But now he says here is the secret. The weight is in the bride. And I read you a quotation the other time and say, what is the weight of God? The weight of God is God himself. And God gave himself to the believer. God gave himself to the believer to fight the enemy by. Are you still with me? Then it says, my focus will be on that third pool. Now, a lot of people say, if so many miracles happened in Durban, where are those miracles today? How God moved in Durban, is it still moving today? I was speaking to the brothers in Durban, they are planning a convention. And this pastor says, you know, Brother Madiba, when the prophet was in Durban, things that have happened here, it is almost 70 years back, things that have happened here are mind-boggling. But you look at the state of the message today, in Deben. He says, it's shocking. And we are beginning to have an introspection as ministers in this area that why do we fight so much? Why are we so divided so much? What will it take for us to reconnect with the inspiration of that happened here 70 years back? We have come to realize that we've got to restore the channels of brotherhood. He's a son, he took over his pastor, his, his death's church. He's the son of the late pastor. He said, my dad died of COVID. And say, COVID hit Deben more than any other place in the country. And he says, now we're beginning to say, we cannot be scared of this demon. And say, Bear in mind, I'm aware it killed my own father. But I, we are now beginning to realize we have retreated so much as a church. And we have become so fearful as a church. But now we want to give it back to Satan. We think Satan has been running amok, but now we want to stop him in his tracks. I say, brother, now you are speaking my language. Because we cannot, after we have received such a message, and be held against the wall by Satan. We need to give it back to him. If the devil was humbled by the first pool, if the devil was humbled by the second pool, how much more about the third pool? Are you here? If the devil was humbled by the first pool, and was humbled by the second pool, how much more about the third pool? The third pool gave animals back its own life. The third pool allowed Brother Brennan to pray for an animal that was sick in his house and it got healed. The third pool managed to get Sister Hattie's children back. And what will the third pool do for the bride today? When I speak about the third pool, I'm not looking for a speech. I'm not looking for literature. I'm not looking for notes. I'm looking for something that you can use tomorrow on Monday morning and know that now I operate under the third pool ministry. I don't know whether you hear church. 
it must not be a pastor, it must not be a group, it must be you as an individual. Sisters, are you here? The third pull applies to you as well. You can raise up in your family and begin to operate the third pool. And actually, the third pool is a family affair. The first time it was seen, Brother Bram say, before the doctor touches my wife, let it be dissolved. Brother, brother, your wife cannot be sick every time when you are there. You are the priest in your own family. You are a little messiah in your own family. You are a little messenger in your own family. You need to rise up and say, Lord, you, your prophet, told me that if I believe on you, greater works shall I do. Your prophet told me that if we believe, all things are possible. Your prophet told me we can operate the third pool. And you need to operate it in your own house, among your own people. And it must come into effect. Now, brethren, he has returned back to Africa. But not through William Brenham, through the bright ministry. Brother Brenham says the church is himself revealed. You today, you're, you're, you're the agency of God's power. You know, when we say an agency, I'm wrapping up. Today, if you phone BMW in Germany and you tell them that I want to buy BMW, they want to tell you that we don't work like that. There is BMW South Africa. Speak to them, they will give you a car. You can come to us. They are our sole distributor in South Africa. If you phone BMW in Germany and say, I'm looking for this part, they will say, no. BMW South Africa has got the parts. We have given them the cars. We have given them parts. Whatever you need, as far as it relates to BMW, they will give it to you. Today, the world is looking for God. The world is looking for healing. The world is looking for deliverance. The world is looking for solution. They are looking this way and that way. Who must provide a solution? God says, don't look at me. Right there, there is my agency. The church of the living God. Church, are you here? This church of the living God can give people new kidneys. Uh, somebody has not heard me. I say, BMW in Germany, you cannot tell them I'm looking for a part. They will say, South Africa will give you a part. And today I say, if your heart has been troubled, and the doctors say, we can't do anything about it, I say, the church of the living God has got the power to give you a new heart. Uh, somebody, somebody hears what I'm talking about. When Brother Brenham was here, an Indian boy comes, one leg is shorter, one leg is longer, he's limping, he goes to Brother Brenham. Brother Brenham says, son, I can see your legs are not even, but let me pray for you. He lays hands on him, and after he prayed for him, the legs came to the same level. A limping boy leaves the audience, now the stage, now walking fine. 
who made the legs to be even because the church has got the power. The church restored the legs to be even. I don't know this morning. I don't know this morning what you need. I don't know what you need from God. But I say, the church can give you new kidneys. The church can give you new liver. The church can give you new sight of eyes. The church can give you even a new spine. Ah, folks, I'm not, I'm not preaching a wishy-washy gospel. This is the gospel of the creator. This is the gospel that has got a creative power. And anything that you need, the gospel can create it. Come on, church. The prophet said, you are the messengers. The prophet said, you are the messiahs. The prophet said, you are the creators. The prophet said, you are God's agency of power. What are you going to do with that power? What are you going to do with that power? Just to come every Sunday, we preach, we go home, suffer the same faith, come on Wednesday, suffer the same faith, come and be powerless and cry and be drowning in our misery. I refuse such a gospel. I know some of you think a gospel of misery is a gospel of humility. I refuse it. The gospel must have the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. You cannot come into the zone where God operates and you are sick and you go back sick. No, sir. It never happened in William Brown's meeting. It will never happen in our meeting. The same angel that used to perform in William Bram's meeting must perform in our meeting. Or or we are just an entertainment. But I say we are not an entertainment. We believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe further at that day you shall know that I am in the Father and the Father in me and I in you which day? This day. Oh... Brother Bram say, don't be afraid to call God to, to a showdown. I say, Brother say, don't be afraid to show, call God to a showdown. He has told us that we are coming into an era where the church will go into another sphere, where they will speak in the words, and the word will recreate itself amongst them. If we don't come there, we are not different from the Methodists. I'm closing, folks. Uh, John says to the disciples, go and ask him, is he the one or not? They go and ask him, John has sent us to ask you, are you the one or not? Say, go and tell John, the sick get healed. The lame walk. The deaf can hear. The dumb can speak. And they go and give John a report. John knew right there that on the basis of these characteristics, it's him. I have a question for you. Are you the bride of Jesus Christ? Are you the bride of Jesus you don't just say, yes, I am. I'm a message believer. I wear long dress. No. You must say, yes, we are. How do we going to define it? In our church, which is a message church, 
in wheat bank. Young men, they come on drugs. They live delivered. Young women, they come traveled. They live with peace. Marriages come broken. They live mended. The sick come, but they live healed. Don't, don't tell us stories. Tell us the characteristics of Christ in the church. Not know we've been here for 40 years or 50 years. It means nothing. Brother Brenham say what it will take for the church to thrive is that the people must be able to come and the supernatural must be made known among the people. Something that they can talk to and that will talk back to them. Not just a sermon. Something that will make you walk. By the way, Brother Chetiji received a call. He will be starting on the 15th of... When are they starting? 15th. We said it on Sunday. And it's, brother said, it's just the beginning. Tell Satan, I'm starting. You're going to see where I'm going. Why, folks? We've got to testify about this. We've got to glorify God about this. We're no longer just interested in theory. We need the power and the demonstration of the Holocaust among us. I, I looked at brother, I think brother Arnold came and he brought the child here and we prayed for the child. And I went to read the message the prophet visits South Africa. And I like how they gave a report. They say some got healed instantly. But some, it was a gradual process. I say, Lord, that child is still a child. And I hope every person in the church will have a burden. That a child at that age cannot be pushed on the wheelchair. That the God that can defy the sickness that has made the child to be bound. This church can release power over that. Oh, you can call me a fanatic. I'm good with that. But I want to see God at work. I say I want to see God at work. I, I don't care. I don't care about the doctor's report. The doctor did what he can do. But there is a God that can look at the spine that is broken, that is damaged, and he can remove the spine and he can put a new spine. Church, are you here? I'm worshiping that God. And I say he can do it. Do you believe so? I see some of you are analyzing. Are you taking a danger? It's not a danger. Silver and gold we have none. But such as we have, we give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. The church, the church must be daring. Brother Brennan, in the message as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. He says in that message, as long as the church is pointed towards the right direction, the church can be reckless. It's a direct quotation. If you're not a reader, go and read. He said, as long as we are pointed towards the right direction, we can be reckless. As I come towards the close, a man is sitting there, the doctor and the nurse, they tell him, your son is dying. And the prophet slips in, prays for the boy, tell the parents, he's going to be well. 
Until one of them, the doctor said, William Brenham, you are misleading the parents of the boy. This boy is dying. And brother says, that's the truth. He, he, he's going to be well. Amen. He leaves the hospital, brother Brenham. The father received the promise of the prophet, vindicated. He moves. He said, my son will walk. My son will get better. My son will get better. Then I say, wait a minute, say. I think there's a misunderstanding. Come, look at this machine. When you see the graph going this way, it means that your son is dying. Oh, the old father, a patriarch of faith, held to the nurse and said, my daughter, you have been trained in the medical school to look at the instrument. But uh, there is another instrument. There is another instrument. Oh, Moses was an instrument. William Branham was an instrument. The father said, I'm looking at another instrument. He said, my son will be better. And the son walked out of the hospital. But it took the parents to be daring. And this year, it needs the parents that are daring. God, folks, God even can create new vocal cords. I'm speaking about a creator, folks. He can even create new ears. He can create new limbs. Brother Brown said, we are coming into an era where limbs will grow. And I say, if it's not the time, when is the time? If it's not us, who is those people? And I say, we are those people, and this is the time. Folks, you cannot tell me you believe in the rapture, but you fail to believe that God can create new eyes. Then let's forget about rapture. Because rapture requires a bigger faith than to believe that I can have a new leg. If we speak about rapture, but we neglect the problem says, what is going to get the church into the rapture of faith? He says, we hardly have faith for divine healing. And he says, the divine healing is needed to bring us to the rapture of faith. You know that, oh God, you healed my body. That means you can change my body. If we don't believe this part, and we want to believe that part, it's just intellectualization. God bless you, Rich Lishes. As we stand to our feet. I wonder, Brother Mutau, to try this song on on the wings of a snow white dove. Maybe we can just start with the chorus before we go to the stanza. Maybe the chorus first before we come to the stanza.
Lord Jesus. He gave me his sign. repeat no way of suffered no way of suffered
over the bed. Let's worship him. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. You are an unconquerable God. Mm. We just want to thank you, Lord, for your love, for your grace, Lord Jesus Christ, that you've shown unto us this morning, Lord, through the preaching of your word. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, we know, dear God, we come, Heavenly Father, with empty hearts, but now, Lord Jesus Christ, our hearts are fed and Almighty God, to know your mind towards your church, Lord Jesus Christ. We know, Heavenly Father, nations are breaking. 
Israelis are working heaven, Lord Jesus Christ. False prophets are lying, Almighty God. But at the same time, we know God's church is the power that's shaking this hour, Almighty God. We know, Heavenly Father, you are a God, Lord Jesus Christ, that doesn't lie. Mm. You are a God, Heavenly Father. When you speak, Lord, the miraculous happens, oh God. <laughs> Heavenly Lord Jesus Christ, we are so thankful to know, Almighty God, that, Lord, the same power that was in you, Lord Jesus, is in the bride today, Almighty God. When, Father God, we are here, Lord, as the bride, Almighty Father, to demonstrate that power, Lord Jesus. As you know, dear God, Paul spoke in a certain place and say, we didn't come, Lord Jesus Christ, with this excellent speech, oh Father, but with the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost, Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Father, we pray, dear God, for your children this morning, dear God. They have got different situations right into your house, oh Father, where your word has been preached, oh Father, giving hope to the people. We pray, breaking the backbone of the devil right now, Lord. Mm. It might be a cancer case in the camp, oh Father. We command, to, we command it to live right now in the mighty name of Very Jesus. It might be sugar diabetes, Lord. We command it to live right Very now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It might be depression, Lord. We command it to live right Hallelujah. now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank Any you. situation in the camp, oh Father, we pray telling the devil to depart right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. To the hope, Lord, may you give them the hopeless Lord, may you give them hope heavenly Father, to them that are heartbroken Lord, may you heal them Lord Jesus Christ, in a situation they came oh Father, we declare it done in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray dear God now heavenly Father, as we are departing going to various homes Lord, may you go with us heavenly Father, and help us to exercise your word oh God what good can the word does oh Father when we just listen and doesn't exercise it almighty God we know something that the devil can fear, Lord, is when your word, Heavenly Father, has been manifested, Hallelujah. Lord Jesus Christ. We saw it, O oh Father God, when Peter and John, Almighty God, pray for the, pray and command, Lord Jesus, for the element to walk, O oh Father. We know how the devil was angry, Lord, because it was a manifested word, O oh Father. Help us to walk as manifested sons of God, Lord, people that are being led by the Holy Ghost. We pray for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless your church. Bless your people. Bless the pastor and the family. We pray for everything in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 There is a precious hiding place in Jesus' name. And then I think you'll help Brother Grace to look. This will be another song. Amen. The after you'll be dismissed. Let's start with this. There's a precious hiding place in Jesus' sight. Let them bring it on the screen. There it is. How many believe there is a precious hiding place? How many believe there is a cleft of heavenly grace and there is a shelter from all sin and from all shame and from all doubt? All the world may enter in gracious place in Jesus' sight. Amen.
to the church. So, may God, may God increase sevenfold where our brother took from. He said he saw that the second, that other one, it was for second key, and this one needed the first key. Then he said, ah, let me give to the church of the living God. Amen. Do you agree that we are blessing our brother? Amen. Yeah, with, with his unknown status. Mm, amen. God bless. Shalom. Let's sing that one. Have a blessed week. It was wonderful to have you. I somewhat was thinking that I must compliment you. I get a sense that you are praying for the services. It, it, it is felt. One can see the trajectory of the Holy Spirit. It, it cannot just be a minister. It means people's in their corners. They are praying. And they are listening to the tapes. And they come to church with expectations. And may God richly bless you and keep on being on your knees. And God will do more among you. Have a blessed week. Moka Medivarena Otsevasteres Tokang. Have a blessed week. Shalom.
Yeah, I'm 